I'm, do- I'm doing a cheeky little record. Hello, I'm Ringo and I'm recording. <laughs> I'm Ringo Starr. Ringo, I drummed on that one. Oh. I make really bad <laughs> in this paint art and put it in galleries, R- don't I? R- Ringo Starr leading you into his boudoir. It is an empty room <laughs> except for two mats on the floor and a like Hello Kitty CD player. And he just sits you down and plays Beatles' greatest hits, and he just nods along and like, I drummed on that one. ASMR Ringo Starr locks you in his music room, (laughs) makes you listen to all of the Beatles. And if you say any words, he's just like, no, no. If you say anything, he has to start the CD over again. (laughs) Don't interrupt George. Don't you interrupt George now. Hang on, John's on this one. John, oh yes, I remember. John sings on this John's one. John's on every one of them. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> you feverishly and and you know hesitantly eke out the words. Hey, uh, hey, hey, Ringo. What, what is, what is this line? What does this mean? What do the words in the song mean? Mm-hmm. And then he just reaches behind him and he ta- he takes out a knife. <laughs> A Bowie knife and just puts it in front of him. Just like, sticks it in the ground. Yeah, he just sticks it right oh. into the ground in front of, of the both of you and like... Just like, looks at you. It doesn't even say anything. Just looks dead at you for the rest of the night. Yeah, that's your first warning. Yeah. You don't, you don't get a second warning. You don't get a second warning. <laughs> You're about to witness a music podcast most Foul. What you're about to hear is likely not safe for work, but if you're unperturbed by coarse language and sensitive content, you'll find yourself wrapped up in a world of music and mystery, the likes of which you've never heard before. Why don't you walk through the door and play our devious little game? Welcome, one and all, to Artificial Ghost Radio, a musical tour through the minds of our contestants. New year, new miles. Wait, didn't we already have an episode this year? Am I missing something? No. Is this our first episode? No, this isn't our first episode of the year, is it? Yes. Yes. What? Fuck. We took, like, last week, question mark, off, because it was a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't... I'm gonna be honest, I don't know what's happening anymore. My name is Jupiter. (laughs) Um... Well, welcome to Artificial Ghost Radio. Um, it is a new year. That is true, I guess. I mean, I, I don't really know. I don't really know what value the distinction is anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but it is by all technicalities a new year. And you know what that means, Miles, don't you? Do I? Yeah, you, you must know what that means. You know what that means, Miles? What does it mean? It means it's uh time for <laughs> it's time for another episode of Artificial Ghost Radio. <laughs> wow. <laughs> really. Real real profound stuff. Yeah, really great. <laughs> yeah. 
This is a uh, this uh, this is reminding me of so much. There was a TikTok that I saw a while ago, and I'm so sorry for everyone now that the both of us are now going to reference TikToks. I'm sorry about that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but. Uh, there was a TikTok that I saw a while ago, which uh, was, I can't even describe it. It was just uh, a a podcasting TikTok where it was just two hosts making like nonsense noises like, yeah, well, <laughs> if you really think about it, like the thing about this is that, you know, like it's a bigger thing than than you think it is. And, and if you like really get into it, like it's, it's. You know, there's a lot going on here. And then the other one is just like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the level of nonsense in that TikTok, I was like, is has made me like, it's like when I uh, was listening to Cryptid Keeper before uh, their their finale aired. It was a one of the final episodes where they were like talking about the the trope of uh, of podcast being millennials talking over each other it is (laughs) and i have not been able to stop thinking about those two things every time i make a podcast now (laughs) (laughs) it's really just an hour and a half of us talking about nothing (laughs) i mean yeah yeah that's yeah in the nicest way i like in the nicest way yeah Listen, if I wanted to say coherent things, I'd make a YouTube channel. Not even then. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> there's only one good person on YouTube, and his name is Jacob Geller. I trust you. I can't believe you don't know who Jacob Geller is. This is a this is a nightmare. I'm bad with names. I hang on. <laughs> now I need to. He's a video essayist. He's really good. He he. Made a video about caves that changed my whole perspective of, of the world. Interesting. Yeah, I do not do not know this person. Oh, but there is a video a video from a, a day ago about Disco Elysium, so I'll probably watch that at some point. Yeah. Um. Hey, Miles. Yes. Uh, I'm not sponsored by Jacob Geller, but you should watch Jacob Geller videos. Yeah. Listen, I don't know if that was podcast. I'm just genuinely gonna watch that later. I uh, no, this is podcast because I want people to be aware of <laughs> Jacob Geller. Okay. All right. Wait. Do you want to know my TikTok update for the episode? <laughs> oh no. I mean, yes, I do. When you scroll through TikTok, it sometimes recommends live videos that people are doing. I never click on them except for this one that I clicked on last night because it was about I want to say charitably, let's say one a.m. and I was a little bit loopy because i'd been playing stardew for about six hours and um it was just a man standing in a blair witching in a corner just staring Mm. at the wall Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he sometimes moved so it wasn't a loop and it was just raining outside and like lights were kind of flashing um not like seizure flashing but just like lightning kind of lighting up the room a little bit and then like i was looking at the comments and there was a lot of fucking comments going past apparently he'd been at it for like two days and i was like this must be a very impressive loop and also why are you doing this and so i watched it for like 20 minutes and i was like what the fuck is i couldn't stop laughing (laughs) i was like what kind of content is this so this is something that i've noticed too recently stair tube is real yes stair tube is absolutely real there is a whole subsection of content creators on the internet and they're on every platform that has live streaming Mm -hmm. uh whose whole deal is that they sit and they stare at something 
Not a fan. There's there's people who there's somebody who on on Twitch that I've seen a couple of times who pulls like whose streams are just pulling up a picture of something and staring at it. <laughs> uh, there's the one story of the the that one person who was like whose whole deal was sitting in a corner and staring at at the wall and mm-hmm. there was the one time that somebody broke into his house <gasps> yeah oh my god i forgot about that and he just kept staring and then the the burglar left frightening imagine breaking into someone's house and that happening i mean for real that that burglar made the correct decision i'd i'd leave yeah i'm not about to be in a fucking magnus archives episode bye right and and then after that, you know what the what the dude did? He kept on fucking staring for like another couple hours. Like How what is you? what are those people's <laughs> lives like outside of those streams? I feel like you probably just get into like a meditative state and just like nothing like it's just like two minutes in your head. I mean it must be, right? It it absolutely must be. I it's like <sighs> wild. Um yeah, I, I don't like I think honestly, the presence of StairTube on on the internet um, is is one of the things that I understand the least about the internet, uh, which is saying something because I don't know much. Yeah, it's something that, like, as an entertainment medium, I cannot fathom it. <laughs> it's just one right. of those things where I'm like. I don't know what enjoyment you get out of this apart from talking to the people in the chat. And that's not the live stream. I, I think the like the appeal has to be the achievement of it, right? Of like nothing can break it. Like, you know, and then like people like examining whether or not it's a loop or not and trying to figure that out. Yeah, it just feels like a big like analysis of the video itself. Like it just feels like a conspiracy, like right. fucking looking at the Zapruder footage, trying to be like, all right, I can see um there's a hair twitch every two minutes, so that means that it's a loop. <laughs> so right. I don't know. I, I like I, I'd be so <laughs> maybe one of these days. I should do a gimmick stream where I set it up and I'm like, like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to do a stare stream. I'm going to stare for fucking, I don't know, uh, even just like three hours. I'm going to stare directly at the camera for three hours. And that's Mm -hmm. the stream today. Um, It'd be very funny for me to, to set that all up. And then the actual reality of the stream is... Uh, my autistic ass cannot sit still for that long. Can like with yeah. no stimulation? Absolutely not. And I would lose my mind. I feel like because of my paranoia, something very damaging would happen to me. <laughs> like mm. I just feel like I would have a panic attack <laughs> if I wasn't getting stimulated. <laughs> this is rough to realize. <laughs> if I wasn't getting stimulated for upwards of like. An hour, let's. I would give myself an hour. After that, I'm gonna start seeing shit. I'm not equipped for that. Oh no, for sure. Like I would, I would get like I could probably sit still and stare in one direction, completely motionless, for I would say about um thirty seconds generously. <laughs> Imagine the ultimate challenge would to be to stare at someone's eyes. 
for no. any amount of time. I'd be like, no, <laughs> no, absolutely <laughs> not. I will can't not do eye contact. Can't do eye contact. Absolutely not. Cannot do eye contact. Refuse. Absolutely I'd not. Die. Fuck. No. <laughs> Next episode on Fear Factor. <laughs> Jupiter has to look in someone's eyes for a minute. <laughs> it's, it's not a fear thing. It's, no, it's a, just that I hate it. <laughs> it's just that I can't. It's just that I can't. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to. Uh, I just won't. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a that's a cool cold open for us on this episode. <laughs> do you want to do the rest of the show? <laughs> so Jupiter. So Miles. I'm curious mm-hmm. because this was an interesting theme to present. I did like. At first, I was like, what the fuck am I going to pick? And then I remembered something I'd seen a bit earlier, so I was like, cool. But I'm curious, how did you think of a song (laughs) that is barely music or, you know, like, vaguely approaching music? Right, yeah. So, uh, I'm going to be honest. Mm -hmm. I did not have any... Uh, pre-thinking about the theme last episode, I remembered that I had to do a theme and spat one out. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, so I had to do a little bit of soul searching to figure out what I meant after the fact. <laughs> what did my subconscious know that I didn't? And I, I, I'm, I really like. I like the idea of this theme because it can be interpreted in so many different ways. And I think we both will have interpreted it in very different ways. I think, I think that the song that I brought today is, is, um, it's, it's an interesting sort. I, 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 I can't say anything about it without giving it away. So I'm just going to get right into it. Okay. Of a song. That, uh, but that by all technicalities is music and exists. So let me tell you the story of a song called Ready and Steady by D.A. Mm-hmm. Do you know this song? Not off title. Uh, now, I- I'm not necessarily surprised. It charted in 1959. So a little before oh. our time. Uh, so, so in 1959, uh, the Hot 100 came out with a new chart called the uh, Bubbling Under the Hot 100 chart, mm. and uh, this is is or was I don't know. I don't pay attention to the charts, but apparently the idea behind this chart was it was like the next couple of songs under 100 that were just like. That just barely made, didn't make the Hot 100 list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think, uh, I, I don't know. I, maybe the next couple of like 10 or whatever. Now, mm. in, uh, 1959, uh, no, sorry. Uh, 1979 is when this song charted. Uh, although okay. the, uh, the Bubbling Under the Hot 100 chart came out in 1959. Ah, okay. In 1979, Ready and Steady by DN, D, DA, uh, charted. It started, uh, at 106 and then, uh, went up all the way to 102. <laughs> oh, baby. It charted for three weeks and then vanished. Hmm. Interesting. And when I say vanished, I mean vanished. <laughs> 
like no one had ever heard it. No one knew what this song was. Uh, in around the same time, a man by the name of uh, what's this fucker's name? It just says Whitburn, Joel Whitburn. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm reading this. Uh, this is a well documented story. I'm reading a sort of a recap of events that uh, is is on uh, fucking bragmedia.com, which is a website I've never heard of. Weird name. <laughs> There's only so many names for websites. Uh, Joel Whitburn, his whole deal was just like, I think his deal is that he w- just wanted to add every song that had ever charted into his personal collection. Because he's like, I think he's a music historian. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Point is, he saw this song and then spent 40 years searching for it. 40 years? Because, again, this song charted for three weeks and then disappeared. So this is like a cryptid song. A little bit. Now, I, I want to I wanna ask you a question right now. I'm not going to reveal the answer, but I want to ask you, do you think this song is real? Do I think this song is real? As in, you've been making up a story and it isn't real? Mm. Or as in, this person claimed to find a song that was in the top 100 but actually just created it themselves? Well, what I'm saying is that the song did chart, but no one had ever heard it. Did, Did it exist? Huh. Do you think that this song is real? Philosophically speaking, (laughs) (laughs) when a tree falls in a forest, (laughs) is anyone there to hear it? Does it make a sound? The answer is, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) because no one can tell. I think it exists. Why not? Let's be positive. Reckless optimism. Okay, you think that this song is real. You think it exists and can be listened to. Sure. Okay, I'm not going to reveal the truth. Until the end. So, so Joel Whitburn, this one guy was just like, I, this song says this exists. I want to hear it. Mm-hmm. All, all of the information that exists about this is just from its listing on the chart. Ready and Steady by DA, published by Rascal Records. And that's it. That's all you get. So, there are a couple of times where this song has been claimed to be figured out. Uh, in 1995, several years later, with no leads, uh, it was claimed that, and this is credible, that the song was uh, maybe recorded and went out on the radio but did not get, like, released uh, by a Chicago punk group uh, named DA. Mm-hmm. And the uh, here's there's there's a quote, and I love this. We think we think that it's a girls' rock group from Chicago punk group. We think 1979, and we think that the Rascal la- label was out of a guy's home in Detroit. I can't. After fucking <laughs> sixteen years, that's that's the best they got. Jesus. Uh, so the theory was this was a song by this this Chicago punk group that I believe by this point like disbanded and like did didn't end up becoming much of a thing. This lead came from a small ad placed in a punk rock guide that listed an address for Rascal Records. Uh, so he went to it, or or I'm sorry, <laughs> Joel Whitbourne 
sent a guy over there to destroy he, Detroit, he explained. Sent a guy. Just sent a fucking agent. <laughs> I can't imagine, like, being in a position where I can just, like, not like, you know, ask a friend to go check out, you know, this address because they happen to be closer or whatever, but sending a guy, just some guy. He's like, hey, you owe me for that time where I helped repair your car. Um, go on a road trip to Detroit <laughs> for me. Yeah. I'm not associated with you any more than to just call you a guy. Not not my guy. Not not an intern. Not a friend, not an associate, not a coworker, not an employee. Just a guy. Anyway. Just I have a guy. I sent a guy over there to Detroit, he explained, and it was just a vacant home, a house that was vacant, all boarded up, shut up. Uh, so they theorized that this was a, like, underground record label that was running out of this guy's house that, you know, no longer exists. And mm -hmm. that was, that was the theory. And then, and then, DA, the punk group, came out and was like, hey... That's not our fucking song. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> we didn't do that. Ugh. And the uh, the Rascal Record label was a apparently a second Rascal Record label that was unaffiliated with the original. Also, Jesus Christ. So that's fucking wild. That's great. Total wild goose chase. Uh -huh. Oh, here's a here's another good one. In 2002, uh, there was another break in the case, apparently, uh, where uh, a, I have no idea what this is, but Jerry Osborne's official price guide to records, apparently, <laughs> what? listed the record as being worth between $75 and $125. Uh, so great. Somebody else unrelated have figured this out. We just didn't know. Jerry Osborne knows the scoop. Wrong. <laughs> Inc incorrect. Because actually, uh, it was a whole big confusion, and it was actually a record by Christian rock outfit Daniel Amos, whose name is frequently shortened to DA. Okay. You fucking serious? Uh, but imagine what it's like coming from, from you know, Dan Daniel Amos's perspective of just being like, you're fucking making your fucking Christian rock out album or whatever <laughs> the hell. And mm -hmm. and some guy, some like some guy, Joel Whitborn comes up to your fucking door and is like, you you made that mysterious song everyone's talking about. <laughs> Like this just feels like a like a total like bananas situation from everybody's perspective of everyone just running around like for literal decades being like you made the song no you made the song <laughs> it's uh can I give you my review so far of this story yes absolutely first of all feels like the premise for a horror podcast <laughs> second of all I think if you hear this song you'll die. <laughs> It's like seven days. I think it curses you when you die. Uh, just a just a quick check in. Do you think the song? Is, do you still think the song is real? I don't know because like, you're doing enough preamble that like I doubt it is because it's a lot of information to listen to without hearing it. Right. So I think my going theory is no and or 
there is dispute over like two different songs that might be it. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so continuing on with the story mm-hmm. by 2005, which is what, 26 years later or whatever? No, more than that. How do I do math? Is Wait, that right? What was the, it was, was the ni- 1979 to 2005. How does that math work? That is that 36? T- twen- 20. 26? I was right? <laughs> 20, 20. Yeah. Oh, god damn it. 24. <laughs> like, around 25 years later, still no no breakthroughs. Uh, so, mm-hmm. uh, the... <laughs> by 2005, Joel Whitburn apparently kind of giving up and just writing in, uh, in his book uh, amended... The existence of this record and artist is in question. And I think that might be like the mat last like major thing that Joel put into this. Mm-hmm. Basically, like at this point, like, yeah, Joel is giving up. Like most people assume that this song isn't real, uh, even though it's like weird that it was on the chart for three weeks. There is such a thing as a copyright trap, which is just a thing that publishers do sometimes where they put fake information into their uh, into their books or whatever. So that if anybody copies it, you know, you can be like, then the fake information is there. Yeah, yeah, my fake information is there. That means that you stole it. Learned about that from a John Green book, embarrassingly enough. <laughs> well, sure, Paper Towns, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, well, I got it from a YouTube video. I don't know if I'm much better. Anyway, uh, so, A, that theory for this in, uh, instance it doesn't really hold a lot of water. Um, at least according to a lot of people, because A, like, under what circumstance are you going to copy the billboard charts and try and write them off as your own? Yeah. Right? And second off, uh, even if you did copyright traps historically, I don't think have ever really led to a, like, actual conviction. Hmm. So they don't even really work. Uh, and especially like, I, you, the argument could be made that like the, the chart information is like public knowledge that can't be copyrighted potentially. I don't know. I don't know how the fuck it works. So it's potential that it was a copyright trap set up by Billboard, but people didn't really believe that. So, uh, even though Joel Whitburn has given up the search, more people, uh, inspired, uh, by his, absolute nonsense search for this completely fake song decided to keep going for it uh so in uh 2016 it was discovered that the uh that the united states copyright office did register a song under the name rock and steady with the authors listed as da lucchesi and jim franks so then it was realized that the song had been registered in 1986, but was created in 1979. So by that time, uh, D.A. Lachesi had uh, already passed away, but uh, he did sir, he was like a part time musician under the name D.A. and the Dukes. Eventually, uh, Paul Hanny, who knew Joel Whitburn, apparently tracked down Jim Franks, the co-author, and uh, got a recording of the song. So, in fact, 
the song was real the whole time. It just didn't get known about for 40 years or whatever. So, Sorry. you might be wondering, why did I pick this song as a song that doesn't ex- that uh, or as a song that, that that barely counts as music? Mm-hmm. Um, well, a because before I read this article forty minutes ago, I was remembering the last time I heard the story, which was before it was discovered as being real. Uh-huh. So I kind of thought that it wasn't real. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, until 40 minutes ago. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> Light comma to the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but I, I didn't really have time to switch out my, my decision. Second reason why I'm bringing this down is because it is very much a situation of if a, if a song is played and no one hears it, is it a song? <laughs> mm-hmm. Cause, cause I could have brought, like, uh, what is it called? John Cage's 333 or whatever. God, uh, I don't which, know. <laughs> which is a, uh, it's 433. I'm sorry. <sighs> How dare you? It's a song, it's a composition by composer John Cage that is a song, just just a couple of measures of silence. Oh, right. Okay. And there are, like, performances on everything from, you know, actual, like, orchestra settings to people just being like, hey, I'm playing John Cage's 433 on my refrigerator. Mm -hmm. And I could have done a very fun joke. Uh, where I, uh, where I, you know, talked about this song and the impact it has and like, you know, was very cagey about it. And then we went to listen to it and I just played you 30 seconds of silence. Mm -hmm. I could have done that and it would have been a very funny joke, but I guess this is me saying all the regrets that I have. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) It's, uh, you know, I feel like a song like that is more art piece than it is music. Yeah. Uh, whereas, where, okay, but I, I will, I will defend my choice for this song because this song, like, you know, it, it kind of, you know what it makes me think of really, right? Is Mm. there are so many songs that are out there that haven't been recorded, haven't been, you know, pressed to vinyl or, you know, put on CDs or put on, you know, the radio or, streaming apps or what the fuck there's so many songs that are out there that are just like you know made because you know people had a passion to make something you know to just like get something out there you know for themselves and and those songs like don't get heard you know and they're just out there somewhere yeah i was just thinking while you were talking about like how important cultural anthropology and his in like history uh, preservation is and like mm-hmm. that woman i think in the uk that like taped every episode of like bbc for like 20 years or something right people who do that because like you know reels used to be uh you know a limited resource people had to like tape over things it just happened because they didn't think or they couldn't like preserve things they just didn't think it's necessary or they just couldn't for logistical purposes and people like that who spend time and money going like this is important doesn't matter what it is it's still important it's a cultural artifact right and i think like jupiter i will say for your credit i think it's a bit of a shift of sentence right because this isn't barely a song it's a song that barely was 
Right. It could have just been lost forever. And because of the concerted effort that went to it, it wasn't, but it it was almost not a song. <laughs> yeah, that's you know what that's that's fully a fair point of like, yeah, if if people didn't put forty years of effort into making this song heard, it never would have been. And hell, mm-hmm. there are probably other songs that that you know, fucking DA and the Dukes put out that they didn't get, you know? Yeah. Like, this song, it, you can listen to it. You can absolutely go and, and listen to it, and, and we will. But it very barely, what you're very barely wasn't able to do that. The only reason why is because, you know, fucking 40 years ago, it showed up on a on a list somewhere, and someone was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. It is the benefit of um, modern uh, archiving and preservation of internet and internet media is the benefit of it will remain there for a long time, for good and bad. And um, art is much less uh, easily lost when it is put on the internet. Yeah. Do you ever do you ever think this is a this is, you know, a, a, a sort of shift. But do you ever think about, like, you know, if anybody is going to have to, like, is going to feel the need in the future to, do, to like, preserve what remains of our podcasts, right? Hmm. Like... It is a wonder. Or, like, or about podcasts that no one has ever listened to before. Yeah, because there's uh, a feature on YouTube where you can sort by, like, least viewed in, like, advanced uh, search engine sort of feature in it. Um, And you can go to videos that have one view. (laughs) And that is wild to go through because it is some pretty weird bad stuff (laughs) and also there can be really beautiful stuff and it is interesting i wonder if there's going to be just a person in the future who's like yeah looking into uh the remnants of different pod captures and how many episodes went live or right were stopped from uploading because like that's that's the other thing too right is that like i think this is actually going to be a a a really uh big thing uh when uh and i say when because i'm an optimist when capitalism falls and all of these companies no longer have a monetary incentive to host anything Mm. i think that there is going to be a very like necessary concerted effort to preserve things from companies that will fully disband like do you th- you think that fucking apple is going to continue to exist if they don't have to if they're not like making money no it'll also be the death of spotify right that's i feel it. like there's going to be people just buying space and and like uh hard drives and shit and just downloading everything they can and moving it over there right well i think we're gonna see a lot of like these larger websites and companies i i think honestly it's gonna look a lot more like 90s internet yeah a lot of like very basic pages a lot of geocities i don't think it's gonna be basic pages because we have like the technology to make the to make shit like that looks nice online already exists and people will make it look nice but Mm. what i mean is that it's not going to be uh, uh coagulated into like you know of seven major sites or whatever we'll see a lot more like smaller uh community run 
sites pop up to try and replace the monolith of these, yeah. you know, horrible corporations. They'll probably be like, it, it'll be the equivalent of like independent record labels. There will be like a couple different bands that are like, hey, we all work together and we like each other. We're going to be on the same, like basically music network together. Sure. Be on the same homepage. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be like really, because like, and we have to get to your song, <laughs> I'm realizing. Mm. But uh, but I, 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 the last thing that I'll say on it is that, like, it's going to be very interesting seeing the, like, you know, because people will want to put in the effort. Like, the capitalistic myth is that people don't won't want to put in the effort to make something good if they don't have a monetary benefit to do so. When actually, I think the opposite is true. And yeah. we're going to see a lot more, like wonderful shit and like really like thought out beautiful like online community spaces happen when people like band together without the like monetary constraints yeah you know like if people have a, a universal basic income they will sit indoors and make a cool hosting service <laughs> they will yeah if if you give people a universal fucking income they'll still like go and clean like buildings and stuff oh, they'll yeah. still like go to kitchen jobs and they'll still like coding and hosting websites people are gonna have passions and reasons to do things still i think like it's very mm -hmm. silly and ridiculous to assume that there's only one reason why anybody does anything and like most of the time i feel like the good stuff that comes out of capitalism is only because people want to do things in spite of it you yeah. know and then those things get shut down as capitalism waves over it people are the best things to happen outside of capitalism and because of it but anyway uh, we are so deep into this episode and you haven't talked about your song, so. Oh, and I didn't, we didn't even listen to, hold on, we didn't even listen to Ready and Steady. Yeah, I'm waiting for the link, Fuck. baby. <laughs> oh, so many things have gone awry. I was thinking while you were um talking, I was like, I wonder if it's going to be worth it. And I don't think that's the point. Yeah, I, I, I will say I've listened to this song, at least a little bit of it. Um, the song is the least important so uh, part of this story. <laughs> Yeah. Uh but without further ado, let's let's give it a listen, eh? Yeah. Yeah, I, well, hey, after 40 years, the, the mystery is revealed. The song is about a horny man. I, uh, sure. It's, uh, that made me really happy. It's, it is nice, though. It is a, it is a sweet song. I, I, yeah, it's just like a very happy, like, I don't know, kind of joyous song. But again, it is also very much about a man who is horny. There's, um, there's something really joyful and really wonderful about someone going to a lot of trouble and then to finally hear the song that you've been looking for for 40 years. And it's like just a very like, you know, classic rockabilly sort of style song. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And like someone's saying in the the comments, and it was just like, you know, this sounds like the ending credits to a movie. Yeah. And it does. It's just a very like joyful, like, it gave me shades of um, like uh, after there's been a disaster in a movie or something, post-apocalypse. And finding songs that still remain on, on like USBs or hard drives or on records or something and hearing it and it's just bright and normal and it doesn't have to be the best because it just doesn't have to be. You can just make art and it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah, absolutely. And it was really nice to hear that. Yeah. It was really nice to hear the culmination of a perfect example of the human condition. <laughs> yeah persistence but uh but yeah that's uh i i think i can't in good conscience talk about the song anymore yeah okay so i did go in a um a very different direction for my song <laughs> i am very excited to hear it um so when you said you know song that's barely music i was like i don't want to bring a bad song because <laughs> we can talk about bad songs we can hop on a bad song we listen to the beatles it's fine and I was like, I could do that, but I want to bring some some strangeness, not necessarily positivity and joyfulness, something more of a net neutral, I suppose. But uh, it did make me think of some stuff I've been seeing because I am so fascinated with mushrooms at the moment. I'm bringing a video called Cordyceps Playing Synth versus Blue Oyster Mushrooms. I'm so glad that we're talking about this. I'm so glad that we're talking about the cordyceps synths. Yes. I'm I'm It is perfect and beautiful. I'm so glad. <laughs> let's fucking listen to this and then we can get into it. Yeah, though. let's fucking do it. Let's w- not waste any goddamn time. Let's get to it, baby. I also, I love that this one also cuts out. I know, it's like, fuck you, that's all the mushroom you get, bitch. You get 123, one minute and 23 seconds, and that's your lot. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, also I will say I love the, um, you know, I think the, the... The cordyceps have a, a very nice, like, even sort of sporadic tone. I do love that the blue oysters really go some places. Yeah. It's a lot more, like, really spread out, more manic. I like yeah, it. We should start a blue oyster cult. <laughs> I'm going to kill you with a brick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds so good, you know? <laughs> going to step on you. <laughs> So, so, so you are, uh, you know, it, it feels like you are familiar with this sort of like synths attached to mushrooms phenomenon. Oh, sh- I mean, I've seen videos on TikTok. Mm-hmm. This, I, I, this sucks. <laughs> I hate that every, like now fucking half of my references are just going to be TikTok videos. I hate that. It is the trouble of me joke downloading TikTok and then only talking about TikTok. Yeah, yeah. Here's here's the problem, right? Is that like 
is that I would uninstall TikTok, except that it is the best place for me to see cute alt girls dancing and to learn about historical information that I never would have learned of otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. Which the 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 two the two energies of my TikTok feed. <laughs> yeah, very much the same. It is uh there are some disparaging ideas uh or disparate, sorry, ideas going on my for you page. Uh and that's kind of where I got introduced to the mushroom thing because I really like foraging stuff. Yeah. But then also I have like some stuff on my YouTube. Like I there's a couple different people that do like uh, hydroponics and growing and different foraging stuff. And I'm fascinated with it because I love like living off the land stuff and farming. Very big fan. So when this started coming up on like my Instagram and my YouTube and my TikTok, like this like attaching synths to mushrooms, I was like, this is fucking cool and weird. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I love anything that's completely unhinged. <laughs> like, why are you attaching synths to mushrooms? There's no point, but it makes cool sounds. The fucking synth community <laughs> is just on some shit just all the time they're just it is. they're just like like yeah yeah I, i'm gonna fucking wire like 30 sega genesis's together and that'll make a sense mm-hmm. why not fuck you you know <laughs> you know how um uh, uh chip tune is from like old game boys and stuff yeah. and they fucking rewire it to be like little soundboardy things i finally saw someone using a guitar hero guitar oh. to do chip tunes the other day and i was like this is it That's it you did, you did it. it this is it <laughs> i love it <laughs> such a good energy <laughs> there's Someone uh, that I follow on YouTube who it's one of those YouTube follows where I barely watch any of his videos, like basically never. But it's the thumbnails that really get me. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's look mum, no computer. And what he does is he just makes a bunch of wild synths in his garage or whatever or workhouse workhouse. I meant warehouse. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he did make a keyboard that was just like. Uh, just like dozens of Furbies. Oh, I love that. And so each Furby made a different noise on the keyboard. And so that's that's the kind of shit that people in the synth community are doing. Just anything that has I love anything it. that is capable of making sound, they will wire into it. It's the musical equivalent of running Doom on your toaster. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Which I love. Yeah. So, uh, this, uh, hmm, this video, this noise that we listened to was made by Myko Lyko on YouTube. Uh, so this person, their first name is Noah. Uh, Noah does mycology research and is also an audio video synthesist. And he has an album on Bandcamp called Initial Research for $8 about there. Uh, all the songs are made by fungi and crystals. And it only came out about a month ago, so it was of December of 2020. And uh, I was listening to it, and it's a whole bunch of different, yeah, like, mushrooms and crystals. And I really like the crystal ones, actually. I was a big fan. That was just before the recording. But I love, like, the the trend really started with mushrooms. Yeah. Uh, and I think because, like, of the association of, like, the 70s and psychedelics and mushrooms and synthesizers and stuff, it makes sense logically in your head. 
And I absolutely love it. So according to Microlyco, the uh, cardiceps and blue oyster mushrooms are playing a synthesizer via, via, I can't speak, biodata sonification. And I was reading that and I said, what the fuck is biodata sonification? Biodata? What? (laughs) Exactly. It's just like science words and i'm like truly don't know what you're talking about i I feel like this is happening all the time like especially like again with the synth community where like i feel like they are for a lot of times just taking a bunch of like whack-ass mechanical engineering knowledge or whatever fucking science bullshit any anything literally anything that they can connect and make noise um uh just to be like yeah i did that yeah i mm-hmm. yeah i spent 3 weeks reading books about uh biodata yeah yeah bioengineering can get real wild out here oh yeah so i looked up biodata sonification um and i found an article uh for the Haverford College's uh visual studies sort of like you know, experiences, a little student-run newspaper sort of type thing uh, from 2018 uh, for the exhibit section. And it was talking about how uh, Sam Cusimano created sensors to pick up on the conductivity of living material, and he attached electrodes to things like apples to hear them sing and created an installation for people to interact with the apples to see how the music changes. Um, and so it, uh, it, what I understand of it, it works like a lie detector and how the subject, like the, the organic material that the electrodes are attached to changes like due to like light and heat and sound and magnetic fields and what time of day it is, uh, and human interaction with it. So people that would touch the apples, like you could give it a little pat and it would change its frequency. It was like the apples were reacting to you. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Sam created this exhibition where one apple was just like hooked up to electrodes and behind like a glass case. And then the other one was free for people to come and interact with. So you can make a different song every time you went in there. Oh. Because uh, I'm sure like you'll put a clip in the episode of like sort of what the mushrooms are doing. And they sort of just go wherever the hell they want. Mm-hmm. They just be going. <laughs> and it's great. Has anyone ever connected one of these synth? biodata readers or whatever the fuck electrodes has anybody ever connected those up to a human i assume they would because again if it's similar to a like a lie detector then that would be easy to hook up to a person right but i couldn't see any like links to that in this article so i'm curious like after this episode i'm gonna look into it because like i don't know what human people would sound like is it going to be different like does surface area matter (laughs) like i don't know what sound does my body make i must know exactly Exactly. Jimmy, you get me. Uh, and I really like this quote from the end of this article. Again, it was just talking about this exhibition. Um, and it's very like complicated stuff. I'm like, how the hell did this person come up with this stuff? Uh, but I really like this quote from the end of it. That is, making data beyond our human senses tangible is certainly exciting for the engineering part. The bio-spiritual implications of it. I leave that to philosophers, botanists, and biologists, Sam says. And I think that's really interesting, is I think that's why I'm really drawn to this, is that these are sounds that we weren't meant to hear, because we can't hear them with the naked ear. Um, And I think it's really interesting that you can generate sounds from all living things. It really recontextualizes the concept of living things and plants as living creatures. 
Like, they make sounds and they react. I am obsessed now with the idea of, like, hooking myself up to a synth machine and hearing as my body moves around. Well, and also because if they hooked sensors up to you, theoretically, you could play yourself like an instrument. Right. Because the way that you accelerate heart rate, heat, like, light and stuff, you could manipulate that to like make different sounds holy shit which is wild holy shit you're an instrument i wanted this is some fucking nyu students project waiting to happen oh my god i want to do this i know i'm very so i'm very curious about this i'm very much gonna look into this also last thing i I really want to say about this is like after listening to this i was like what does this remind me of and it really reminds me of mort garson's synth stuff i think i've bought a couple of his songs to the podcast he's like the adventure zone uses one of his songs as their intro and he has this album from 1976 called mother earth's plantasia and it's an album created for plants to listen to like it's not it's just for plants. I love that. And also, it's really cute and really good, and I love it. And also, the album, when it was released, was only sold in two locations, which was a houseplant store called Mother Earth mm-hmm. and a Sears mattress store. <laughs> so if you bought a mattress, you got a record with it. <laughs> the first one makes so much sense. The second one- Yeah. The second one, like- <laughs> I don't think, now correct me if I'm wrong here, but I don't think that there is a direct correlation between people buying mattresses and people who want to take care of plants. No, there is no direct connection at all, unless the mattress is made out of plants. It's a dirt, that's what they call, that's why they call it a dirt nap. Dirt nap! Oh my god. You die when you buy the mattress. That's fine. That capitalism does that to you. (laughs) deserve it (laughs) but yeah i really love mushroom sounds i really like the crystal sounds a lot i'm very interested to look in and see if anyone else is making uh sounds like this i mean like this person put it puts in a lot of effort in like remixing and really like creating different environments for like the music to happen and so i'm I'm not sure if there's a lot of people also making like a concerted effort to go to like this trouble um but this is just like the start of his like musical career with the mushrooms uh i encourage everyone to check out initial research by Michael Lyko. Uh, it is great. And also, aesthetically, the pictures that he takes of all of the mushrooms are very beautiful. It's all very, like, pink neon lights. Mm. Very cool. Hell yeah. I just love synths. Synths are cool. I think they're cool as hell. Synths are, synths are cool as hell. Mm-hmm. Well, Miles. Well, Jupiter. Uh, we've, we've done it again. Did we? We've, we're half, <laughs> we're quote unquote halfway through the episode. And by that, I mean an hour and 13 minutes into the recording. Yeah. The, the, the wheel spinning doesn't take too Not long. Not typically. We're all right. Not typically. Which, speaking of the wheel spinning, we should probably go and do that, shouldn't we? Oh, shit. We absolutely should. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's go take a little break, shall we? Yeah. One, two, three, let's go. Alright, well, welcome back. Hey, everybody. Oh, hello. And what's your name? <laughs> oh, my name? Yeah. Uh, is Jeremiah. Is your name is Jeremiah. Yeah. Mmm, well, welcome, young Jeremiah. 
into my <laughs> cave of wonders. Are you some kind of Dracula? I've, I'll never tell. <laughs> now, if you wouldn't mind stepping just ahead of me within neck range. <laughs> Hey Miles. <laughs> I can't stop hey, hey Miles, my friend Miles. Hey, what's up? <laughs> hey, hey, hey Miles, I have a question. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Jeremiah, get out of here. No, I'm Miles. <laughs> oh, now it's now you're Miles? Now it's Miles? Yeah, I'm holding this bullfrog that <laughs> jumped over to my arms. And upon contact with the beast I started talking like that. So this is a, I'm sorry, so this Fuck this me. particular voice that you are doing, that you have right now, yeah. is is yeah. because, and I quote, a giant bullfrog leaped into your arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Jeremiah the bullfrog. I see, you're right. <laughs> now, now, Jeremiah Meyer was a bullfrog. I don't know. Yeah. Is this the is this that Jeremiah? Yeah, he, he he's just still a bullfrog. So he was a bullfrog at the time that that song came out, and now he, he, this is before the song was released. <laughs> and then he wasn't, and then now he is again. Well, actually, um, he's still a bullfrog, but he also was a bullfrog because now he's just a cowboy. <laughs> he no longer refers to himself like a bullfrog. He got a new career. Cool. Uh, well, Jeremiah is a cowboy. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. I don't know if he's a friend of mine, but oh no, he's jumping down from my arms. Oh no, now I can. Sort of- <laughs> <laughs> hey, Miles. Yeah, what's up? Um, d- uh, I have a question for you. Yeah. What would happen right now if I spun the wheel? Um, I think I'd shit my pants. I I hate to break it to you. I've spun the wheel. No shit. Oh god. Oh, <laughs> all the humanity. Oh no. I regret. I, I done shitted on myself. I regret this. I regret this. I pissed and pooped me shorts. I, re- I regret this so much. Mm. Uh, so this is this is a fun one. We've got okay, cool. <laughs> a song by the name of Athoth Agogo by Machine Girl. Ooh, baby. I believe there's a movie called Machine Girl. Uh, are you, are you thinking of Tank Girl? No, I'm not. Okay. I think there was like a really bad movie called Machine, and this is nothing. Please continue. Well, hold, well, hold on. Now I'm looking up that. Yeah, I, maybe it was called Machine Girl. I think it was like a Japanese. So okay. Movie. So okay. So, The Machine Girl is a 2008 Japanese action shock gore film. Yeah, that's it. Written and directed by Noburo Ichi- uh, Iguchi, with special effects by Yoshihiro Nishimura, uh, who went on to direct Tokyo Gore Police. Yeah, that's what I was thinking so of. So, that's cool. Yeah, uh, mm, so the plot is... Uh, a- Amy Huyuga is an average high school girl whose world comes crashing down when her brother Yu and her and his friend Takeshi Sugahara are killed by bullies. Wow, D- rough, R- rough start, rough start. Led by Sho Kimura, uh, as Amy tracks down Sho, she discovers that the bullies are associated with a ninja yakuza family. <laughs> what kind of combination? <laughs> What intonation? Holy shit. 
Uh, she goes after the clan for revenge, but they brutally overpower her, cutting off her left arm. Amy escapes and seeks shelter with Takeshi's parents. Suguru and Miki uh, Sugahara, two kindly mechanics who fit her with a multi-barreled machine gun prosthetic. Amy and Miki, who uses a chainsaw, <laughs> <laughs> love that aside, pursue the clan, mm-hmm. massacring, massacring them one by one. The victims' families, meanwhile, band together to get revenge. So, okay, so from what I'm understanding so far with this plot is that... Uh, is that they murdered her, uh, Amy's friends, so she gets revenge, and then all of their friends try and get revenge on her. This is mm-hmm. a lot of back-and-forth revenge. Eventually, they reach the Yakuza's hiding place. As the fight continues, Miki loses her right foot and eventually dies. By the way, I read forward, and you're gonna Jesus love it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Amy loses her machine gun during her fight with Sho's father, uh, uh, Ryuki Kimura, but gets Miki's chainsaw. Finding Sho with hostages to keep Amy at bay, her mother, Violet Kimura, manages to disarm Amy while attempting to kill her with her drill bra. <laughs> Ooh, a drill bra. Mm-hmm. Uh, what an addition. Yep. Noticing, okay, noticing one of the hostages wets himself, Amy takes advantage and trips Violet into the urine, electrocuting her. <laughs> <laughs> she then kills Shao. At end of that sentence. Yeah. Uh, fearing that she has nothing left to live for, she attempts to commit suicide. At that moment, Amy hears n- noises behind her and turns, sword at the ready. End of movie. Um, wow. Hey, by the way, this was distributed by Fever Dreams. <laughs> of course. Uh, now, can I, uh, the, can I read the one sentence, uh, uh, sen- uh, sentence? The one sentence sentence uh, in the production part of this article? Yes. According to writer and director Iguchi, the idea for the machine girl went back to the simple idea he had about a one-armed girl in a bikini looking for revenge. The idea for the machine gun Mm. arm came later. (laughs) Christ, dude. There was a sequel. Fucking tight, dude. Mm -hmm. The sequel's called Shyness Machine Girl. Uh, Well, it's apparently a short, but yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, well... Anyway, so what song did you get on the... Oh, right, it was called Machine Girl. No, the band is called Machine Girl. The song... Oh, sorry, The song... Oh, I'm so... Fucking... How dare you not remember the name Athotha Gogo? <laughs> Very good. Uh, is a uh, I, I got to be real. I don't know a whole lot about Machine Girl. This is, I would say, the only song that I know of them. Mm-hmm. I guess they're a, a New York electronic band. I don't know, mm. but uh, but yeah, uh, I honestly can't remember what this song is like. But oh, I love that. I will say. That the album that it's on is called dot dot in all caps dot 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 because I'm young, arrogant, and hate everything you stand for. Love it, love the and energy. That's the album title. Came out in 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, there's also that's also the name of the title track. If you're curious. So, mm-hmm. uh, without further ado, since I don't remember anything about this song, let's fucking listen to it. Yeah, fuck it. Absolutely, fuck it. <laughs> Oh, 
Okay, I, I remember this song now. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. I I mean, well, what did you, what did you think of it? What did you think of this song? Good. I was about to say good, clean, fun. Not clean. It's punk. Good punk fun. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, I don't, to be honest, like, I don't know if there's, like, a, a ton to say about it. I mean, we could go into, like, lyrics and shit. Um, there's, I, I, I will go ahead and, and read the chorus. This song is only two hooks and a chorus. Mm-hmm. The chorus is, you're the love I've always wanted, falling free through time. I'm petrified because there's nothing that can stop my fall. In the corner, we can hug each other till our brains and our guts splatter all over the fucking sidewalk. Love it. Such an energy. Like, this song sounds like... It sounds like the inside of an arcade machine that someone is crying inside of. (laughs) Wild. Sure. Like, if somebody was inside of an arcade machine... Like, if if Cabinet Man was sad... (laughs) Punk cabinet man. Uh, I don't. I well, I don't know that I would really a hundred percent call this a punk outfit, but uh, the the lines are tr- fucking blurry anyway. Point is, uh, yeah, like this this song has like a like a, an a, like not aggression to it, just noise to it that mm. sounds like like chaotic and kind of out of con- out of the their control and. Like not malicious, but drowning out the the like sound of the actual person talking, mm. which to me like like yeah, kind of like being sad in the arcade sort of vibes of like you're in one of the loudest rooms, everyone is having fun, there's revelry going on, playing game. I mean, not this, not that's not happening right now, but you know what I mean, like. Mm. Being, like, a a sad person in an arcade, knowing that, like, all of these noises and stuff are just washing over you and, and your little, like, you know, morsel of, of distance from this moment is, is going to be, like, kind of just washed over. Yeah. And I don't know, that's sort of the vibe that I get from the song. Uh, And I also do just like that there's, like, this, like, guitar riff at the end of, like, like it's gonna go somewhere and then it just you know yeah like glitches out and stops yeah i don't know the 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 vibes on this one yeah i like it and like i'm reading the description on uh genius lyrics uh which again the their name does come from uh the machine girl movie um which like hell yeah called it bitch (laughs) i did it um uh, and I think, like, uh, uh, the description being, like, it's characterized by, like, sort of cyberpunk anime 90s sort of stuff. Because, c- like, when I was listening to this, it kind of reminded me of, like, Devilman fucking, uh, what the fuck is that anime called that isn't Devilman Crybaby, or is that the title? Devil Boy. Yeah, just Devilman. It reminded me of Devilman. Um, because it feels like you're in, like, a situation where, like, you kind of just saw someone get murdered. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you kind of have to, like, try and leave <laughs> and not alert anyone. And I like that. I- it gave me a very specific energy. Can I can I tell you something right now? Mm-hmm. 
So another song on this album is called Nine Minutes and 43 Seconds. How long is the song? One minute and one seconds. Love it. Yeah. Um, I, I will, I'm going to go ahead and read the entirety of the lyrics right now to this song. It's, a, it's an interlude. The next global conflict lasts approximately nine minutes and 43 seconds. There are over five billion casualties. But against all odds, you live... And yet, you are still a little bitch. That has, um, fucking, what's that 100 Gek song where it's like, your little arms, I'm gonna smoke them. (laughs) Energy. Like, like the worst (laughs) thing could happen in the world, and at the end of it, you're still gonna be an asshole. Yeah, you're gonna survive and you're still gonna suck. Yeah, and the vibes off of that are immense. Impeccable. Wild. But yeah, uh, I, I don't I don't really know. This song just like, honestly, it's, I'm kind of interested and encouraged to, to listen to the rest of this album. Because. Uh, yeah, me too. Th- there's some fucking, the, the vibes of like the, like, unapologetic, I don't give a shit, but like, no one's listening anyway, like, vibe yeah. of this is, I don't know, something that is not present in a lot of my music. So, I'm, I'm very interested. Also, can- can I just say? Yeah. One absolutely. of the tracks on this album is called Uzumaki. And I know it's referring to the Junji Ito manga, but I did think of Naruto. <laughs> of I was like, oh, Sig is a Naruto song. Well, you don't know. It might be referencing Naruto. I mean, it, it's. I've only read a little bit of Uzumaki, but it definitely feels like um, it's not about ninjas, <laughs> it's about dying. Has anybody ever done. A Naruto parody of Uzumaki, the Junji Ito story. Oh, I gotta look it up. Let's see. Junji Ito Naruto. My brother got me a collection of Junji Ito shorts for Christmas, and I love it. I devoured it. (laughs) Oh, there is! Yes! Oh, good. (laughs) Yes! Oh, I can imagine this on some gamer's t-shirt. For sure. For sure. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, like the iconic, like the eye sinking into the spiral um, sort of uh, picture from Uzumaki, but it's Naruto. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. It's, it's, uh, it, hey, I have a question. Yeah. What, what is the significance of the name Uzumaki and Naruto? Uh, because Uzumaki means spiral, there's like something that goes in ramen that's like, I think a little fish cake. Oh, um, okay. And the inside of it's a little spiral. I think that's the, the origin. Gotcha. Um, okay. Could be wrong. Not sure. All right. Um, well, Miles. <laughs> well, Jupiter. This has been an episode of Artificial Ghost Radio. And, you can say that. And no, and no one can deny. Mm-hmm. All will gather around. They will gather around upon the campfire and, and cry out into the heavens that this was an episode of artificial ghost radio. Well, they will be crying, but <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Miles, I have, I have a very important question for you. Yes. What? What? What is your theme for next episode? The theme for next episode. I want you to bring me a song that has. Big clown energy. No. Yes. No. I want big top energy. Shit. Damn clown it. hours. No. Circus time. Fuck. <laughs> Beans. All right. Fine. You have to. I know I do. <laughs> I do have to. Well, I guess you couldn't, but 
I mean, like, there's technically no rules, but what kind of asshole would I have to be to be like, all right, Miles, my song, my clown song, uh, it's... <laughs> American Idiot by Green Day. <laughs> What if, what if I was just like, like, ah, my clown song? Well, it's your favorite song. <laughs> Which is? I don't know what that song is. I don't know. How do you quantify that? I don't know what my favorite song exactly. is. Exactly. It's like asking what your favorite movie is. Like, there's too many genres. I go in and out. Who can say? Who can fucking say? Gangnam Style. Yeah, Gangnam Style. Uh, the eternal, the yeah. eternal fave. It's Gangnam Style and Ultimate Showdown of Ultimate History. Obviously. Uh, well, fuck you. Thank you so much for listening. The fuck you was directed at Miles. To all of you in the audience, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Have to clarify. Fuck you and goodbye. <laughs> fuck you and good night. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Artificial Ghost Radio. And uh, yeah, uh, you can uh, give us a rating on iTunes or uh, anywhere else on the internet. That would be really, really appreciated. We'll uh, read it out on the show if we can find it. And uh, yeah, oh, um, you can find us on Twitter at Art Ghost Pod. Uh, to be honest, I haven't really been doing much with my uh, podcast Twitters recently because, gonna be honest, hasn't really felt like the time to have a... Uh, promotional only twitter account yeah. uh but uh but you can definitely follow there are updates go on there it's not in it's not infrequent and uh fucking uh, have a patreon that came out of my that fell out of my mouth like like a bunch of rocks yeah we have a Patreon. Um, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Aspects. It is a joint Patreon between all three of my podcasts, Art of Vision Ghost Radio, Deck of Friendship, and Enchanting Aspect. And uh, yeah, you can go over there, get some bonuses, uh, get some early episodes, get some stuff, uh, get access to our sticker club. It's a great time. Uh, but primarily, you know, the, the main purpose is to, is to just support us and uh, give, give us some money for doing all of this hard work, making the podcast. Uh, so if you want to support us, you want to uh, give us money, if you have uh, uh, the ability to, uh, you can uh, you can go over there, patreon.com slash arctic aspects, or search for artificial, uh, artificial aspects of friendship in the Patreon search bar. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. So, Miles. Chipra. It's it's time. The dark ritual is, is f- uh, finalized. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we've been channeling a spell for 82 episodes. Oh, that's what we would do. And and now it is going to be unleashed upon the world. Yeah, you ready? <laughs> yeah. All right. It's the spell <laughs> that is going to make everyone listening to this sneeze. <laughs> activate. <laughs> you know how you say you activate spells by, acti- by saying activate? <laughs> Do you know how yeah. you, you know how you activate spells, yeah, spells by saying activate? Spells. <laughs> yeah, that's how you do it. Ha 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 